Hello, and welcome to the Wheel of Time Rewind Podcast. My name is Dylan Stoll. I'll be your host today, and I'll be joined by my co-host, Michael Whitford. Hello, so excited for our first episode. As Mike just said, this is going to be our first episode of the show. And so we figured we would start off by doing some introductions, tell you guys how we got into the Wheel of Time series, and go from there. So, Mike, why don't you go first and tell us how you fell in love with the Wheel of Time? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> so I've had a very long relationship with the book series. Um, as you know, there's 15 books in this series, and uh, one prequel and 14 uh, consecutive novels. I came in when novel 10 was released. I don't remember the year. Um, <laughs> I read all the books and then got to read number 10. And then a year or so later, a, number 11 came out. And so I reread all the books and I continued that pattern pretty much with every release. So I've read these books, oh gosh, <laughs> six or seven times. And, um, yeah, they've just been a book series that I've come back to and that I just love the characters and the development and everything, um, all the nuances in the text as well. So starting out with Lord of the Rings and just haven't looked back as I walked into, well, fell into uh, the Wheel of Time series. What about you, Dylan? So I got into the Wheel of Time series through my friend Mike here. As he just mentioned, he was a big fan of the series, or became a big fan of the series, and tried to convince me to join him on his effort to read this gigantic book <laughs> book series of epic proportions. So myself, I had never read a larger series than Harry Potter, um, but I fell in love with fantasy, read Lord of the Rings multiple times, read The Hobbit multiple times, and just dove into other book series as well, such as A Song of Ice and Fire by George R. R. Martin. However, I refused for some odd reason to join Mike in The Wheel of Time. That changed a couple years ago where I decided that enough was enough and it was time for me to read this series my friend was always talking about. So I got onto Audible and I got all 14 books and the prequel on audio and I spent the next year of my life listening to all of the books back to back to back. And that was how I was introduced to The Wheel of Time and started to appreciate it for what it was and started to really enjoy it. And I have to say that listening it, listening to it through Audible was probably the smartest decision because you know how to pronounce all of the names, whereas some of us who read the books butcher them constantly. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so when we're talking about the Wheel of Time series here, uh, this is, of course, the epic fantasy novel series by Robert Jordan and later on continued by Brandon Sanderson after Robert Jordan's untimely death. However, we will be focusing this podcast more so around the television series that Amazon will be putting out. We'll be connecting what we see on the screen to the book. We'll be connecting what we know about the books into some predictions of what we may see on the screen. However, we will do our best to make sure that this is a book spoiler-free podcast and we'll limit ourselves to speculation about what we're seeing on the screen there. 
and that's going to be perfect because what we'll be watching, although it will be a Wheel of Time television series, is not a direct page-to-screen representation of the novels. What we're going to be watching will be an another universe in the Wheel of Time series, another going around of the wheel. So everything will not happen exactly as us book lovers know. So what we'll be doing is providing as much insight to that as we can. And also really trying to, uh, I think, explain some of the complicated aspects of the Wheel of Time series that we may see on screen, because there is a lot of terminology. There's a lot of names, but there's a lot of terminology and a lot of um, things that happen in the book that they may mention or briefly go over in uh, the show. And we'll try to make it as friendly for beginning, like beginners who don't really understand <laughs> this very complicated book series. But one thing that we can almost guarantee will be in the show will be lots of braid tugging, lots of sharp glares, and lots of moments that make you want to kick some of the characters in the head and tell them to move on. (laughs) Recently, the Wheel of Time trailer was actually released, and so we both had the chance to watch that, and so we're going to jump into our trailer reaction and breakdown now again trying to be relatively spoiler free but just talking about things we like things we were looking for how it met our or did not meet our expectations for what we saw and go on from there so without farther ado let's jump into our trailer reaction all right mike so when we're talking about the wheel of time trailer what were some things you were looking for uh, so knowing the beginning of the book series, I wanted to see how they um, implemented the magic in the universe. Um, and there's two, just for our listeners here, there's two types of magic. There is the male half and the female half of the one power, which is really just magic. Um, and the female half is called uh, Sadar, and the f- male half is called Sadin. And uh, I just wanted to see how they were going to show this um in the tv show because and i know we've had conversations about this dylan um but in the book series it is very much an invisible like things are happening you don't really see it at all it's just kind of there kind of like the force in star wars and uh i just wanted to see how they were going to implement that in the show i also wanted to see how they were going to show off the different cities and landscapes and oh i know we're not at that part yet but oh so beautiful so beautiful so yeah for me i was looking for a very similar thing that mike just described i was looking to see how the one power was implemented if it would be invisible if you would be able to see what was happening i was looking to see how some of the villains in the series may be portrayed and some of them look pretty spooky so i am excited about that Um, I was also quite curious to see how they would go about representing the bigger cities, like Mike said there, if it would be a large enough budget with Amazon uh, spending millions and millions of dollars into this thing, if they would have that epic feel to the surroundings that we saw. And also just I was curious as to if they would be very faithful to the book or if they would go off in a little bit of a new direction, or what kind of twist they would put on it to kind of bridge the gap between those who know the story and those who don't. So going into our reaction of the trailer, Mike, give me your thoughts, my friend. 
<laughs> so um, just from watching the trailer, I love that they they started out with really showcasing um, uh, Nynaeve and Egwene's relationship because in the books, that's such a crucial part of the, well, the first book is kind of their interaction together. And I love that it showed uh, the three protagonists or the three main characters there, Rand, Althor, Perinabara, and Matt Cawthorn together in uh, the inn. And it just seems like it's we're going to get a really nice Edmonds Field, which is the first location, that little farming village. We're going to get a really fun scene there and really set, um, set up expectations for how the series is going to flow. It's going to seems like it's going to follow the books, um, but probably skip around a little bit. I agree with you on that. I uh, I do not think that we're going to have Perrin sitting in a field waiting for things to happen for two and a half books. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I think what we'll be seeing in the beginning is just like you described there. We're going to have a little bit of the Two Rivers folk going on following that introduction to the characters and everything. And it just looks like you're going to have some good, solid fun in the Two Rivers section of the first episode. Um, However, it does look like they're going to be taking things up a notch between Egwene and Rand there. Because in the trailer, you see them hanging out together. It looks like Egwene's naked underneath the blanket. (laughs) But... That definitely did not happen in the book, but given the success of things such as Game of Thrones, it's no surprise, and they did age the characters up here for the show compared to how it was in the book, so it's much more understandable for them to get a little freak on as opposed to if they were uh, kids like they were in the book. So, um, yes, make things a little spicier for the adults who've read the books. Exactly. Um, So going off of that as well, like you mentioned, the relationship between Nynaeve and Egwene is such a big part. And that's something that you see grow and develop over the entire series, but especially in the first book. Oh, yeah. Because Nynaeve is initially seen as more of like that healer slash respected elder, but somebody who is also strict and will give you the switch which she threatens to do quite often. <laughs> we'll see if that happens in the uh, TV show, but she had no problem pushing Egwene off the uh, cliff there, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you saw her giving Egwene a good shove. Um, that's always what she needs, though, is someone to push her to be great. And you mentioned the three main characters, and I feel like that's a good starting point as well, because there are going to be multiple protagonists throughout this series. And you mentioned the three there with Perrin, Rand, and Matt, but Egwene and Nynaeve are also going to be very big characters in this series as well, as you could probably gather from them having a good amount of screen time in the trailer. But then there's also going to be our main mistress of the mystical arts, Moraine. Ugh who you saw rocking her hood. She looked so fierce. I loved it. She looks like she's going to kick some ass and hurl some lightning at people, and it was really cool. It was. And, um, yeah, and Lan, who is her 
uh, Warder, which is kind of like her bodyguard there as well. I love the, I really enjoyed the diversity of the cast uh, as well. And um, I, I like that the trailer really showed kind of all different elements. It, you could definitely see that they took parts from different episodes, at least, in this first season. And it looks like, oh, man, they're just going to hit a lot of these big big story beats right in the first season to really get us all hooked. Well, you mentioned the diversity there, Mike, and I feel like that's a good place to kind of sit for a second and talk about as well. Because when you think about what the Two Rivers actually is as a town, it's a town that's out in the middle of nowhere, kind of a forgotten farming village. At least that's where it's at right now at the start of the Wheel of Time series. No one really leaves there, and a lot of people have actually gone to the Two Rivers in the past, kind of seeking solitude, seeking to hide. And so you have people that have come from all over the world that will be there. So you're seeing a lot of that diversity mentioned. And you mentioned Lan, and I want to talk about him as well. He looks awesome, and I'm really liking the direction that they're taking him. You saw his headband that he had right there. But the one complaint I will say I have about him is he's not as big as I was anticipating. I was kind of thinking he would be a little bit more buff, but he's still going to provide some serious ass kicking. And that is something I am happy about. Absolutely. Yeah. It, he, I would agree with that. He definitely like, just from my picture in my head from the books, like definitely was a like bit ripped, like, like kind of jacked. <laughs> uh, but he does seem like he's going to be really agile and very deadly. And that's really what, um, he brought to the table anyway so right he wasn't somebody that was going to necessarily destroy you through like i don't know i'm trying to think about how to say this best like i feel like being quick and agile is going to be more important for a warder to get there and protect his eyes to die than to be like a meat shield and just take everything but you mentioned him being ripped, and I guarantee you that the dude who's playing ran- or playing Lan is going to be completely ripped underneath his shirt there. So it's going to be skinny, but muscle-bound as can be for somebody of that size. Absolutely. And um, I wanted to hit real quick on... Uh, so there's a scene there where you see that huge city and you see this volcano in the background, Dragon Mountain. The fact that they included that was just so awesome. And the CGI and everything just looks top notch i'm really excited really excited to see just the series and like how they're going to keep progressing that amazon did not hold back which was a relief (laughs) right and that scene where you first see the city there with dragon mount in the background just really reminded me of seeing minas tirith for the first time in lord of the rings like that epic city feel there and like you said it looks absolutely stunning So some of the other things that you saw throughout the trailer there is you saw the use of the one power and it looks like they're keeping it kind of invisible, but visible at the same time. Like it's not colored or anything, but you're able to have like that white outline. So you see like the use of the one power. Um, You also saw a couple of people that you that you uh, might see later on in the series as it progresses through the first season here such as Loghain, and saw him being kept in a cage there. Uh, You saw a flashback to the original dragon 
uh, Luce Theron, and his reminiscing throughout the trailer there, as well as like his his pain that you could kind of feel in his voice there. I just wanted to real quickly um, to the people listening here. Uh, the so the whole premise of the show is that there's uh, this messiah type figure called the Dragon Reborn, and it's basically a reincarnation of this earlier hero who is a male magic uh, one power user and uh, he went crazy and (laughs) uh, didn't end very well but that he is going to be basically reborn and he was going to save the world pretty much right like mike said there's going to be a million names for this series here so it would not be surprising to me if they don't actually name him but we'll see what happens with that but his name is Luz Theron, and his nickname was The Dragon. And he was a male one-power user, like Mike said. And one of the things that is diving into the history of the Wheel of Time world is going to be the corruption of Sidene, which is the corruption of the male side of the one-power, where originally men and women were both able to use the one power and were both able to access its gifts and save the world using it. However, once the male side was corrupted, it would turn any man who used the one power insane. So talking about the city a little bit more, Mike, what is the name of the city? Uh, that one was definitely Tarvalon. And the reason I say that is because... Um, so right after it showed it, it went into a room full of women, all in different colored dresses. And so those were the um, Asadi. The Aes Sedai. <laughs> Aes Sedai. Yes, sorry. Again, I'm going to pr- mispronounce everything. Uh, <laughs> the Aes Sedai. And they're, again, going back to it, they are the female, like, I don't want to say witches, but magic users of this universe. They use um, Sidar. And their job is, like they said, to protect the world. And part of that protection is also protecting it from any male magic users because, as Dylan just said, they go crazy and they kill people and it's not good. The different colored dresses, we might talk about that in a different episode, but that's a kind of a political slash sort of career choice for them. Right. So that represents their different Aja or like their different specialty area within the One Power. Getting off of the Aes Sedai there, Mike, um, what did you think of our little eyeless friend that we saw in the hood there with a million and a half teeth? Oh, the Mordrill. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> obviously there is a evil in the world um, and it's, you know, there's an evil in the world, and uh, there's a couple, like in Lord of the Rings, where it had orcs and Urukai and Sauron and all these different forces of evil. In the Wheel of Time universe, there is the Mordrill and Trollocs. You kind of saw the Trollocs. They're pretty much giant man beasts with wolf snouts or like different creature parts instead of human parts. And then the Mordrill are these eyeless. Oof terror causing (laughs) machines of destruction basically they are terrifying stuff of nightmares and they did a beautiful job representing them and i'm glad that they just had like a little flash of the trollocs because i'm sure yeah the the trollocs i'm not to butt in here mike but the trollocs were another piece that i was very interested in seeing 
And the fact that we haven't seen a close-up of a Trolloc yet is a little bit of a teaser that they're having there. Because all you saw was, like, the silhouette of them and hearing them roar. And seeing them about to charge in and do some damage. But I'm very interested to see how the Trollocs are represented. Oh yeah, me too. And I I think (laughs) it's going to be a rough awakening for a lot of people because... I think it'll start off so serene and beautiful in Edmonds Field, and then it's going to get pretty dark <laughs> pretty quick, um, and you're going to start seeing those guys show up, and it's going to be it's going to be a bit spooky, but that's okay. And what you just said there, I don't really feel like it's a big spoiler because it's the impetus for adventure, and that's really a fantasy trope that you see a lot is something happens that causes the main story to advance the main characters to kind of leave their sheltered lives and go out on this magical quest now moraine she is going to be kind of our gandalf figure throughout the first book here and that is something that is going to be quite enjoyable to see and see how she progresses and her story arc as well. Really, all of these men and women within the main character sphere of the Wheel of Time are all going to have amazing story arcs, and I'm very excited to see them all progress there. But Moraine's a complete badass, and I'm very excited to watch her uh, wield that power. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I... I'm very interested to see how they also introduce Rand's father. And I think um, and if they add any story to him or not. And also, I am interested to see just how they focus on, who to focus on, who they choose to really highlight this season. Because I feel like a lot of it's going to be on Egwene. Um And I think that's, from the showrunners, that's very smart, especially for people who haven't read the books yet, because that'll that'll lead into other things later on. And that's actually something that's very tough to do, I feel like, in a show like this, because you have a a show with books that have all this great source material, but within the books, there's so many main characters that all split up, all come together... You know, everyone has their own sort of story going on here. It's kind of like how if you've read the Song of Ice and Fire series, each character has like their own chapter about them. It's not to that extent in The Wheel of Time, but there are character-specific storylines that may be abandoned for the show for the sake of congruity and the sake of simplification. I think we will see some of them some of those storylines pushed together more than probably abandoned because a lot of them, a lot of even those little storylines build on each other later on. So I think we'll see a lot of those kind of, as I said, put together um, or just quickened, um, you know, the speed of the, that side adventure kind of hurried up to allow for, allow for us to kind of move through the story a bit faster and not spend, you know, three episodes traveling. So talking about three episodes, Mike actually found out and sent this to me yesterday where we found that the first three episodes of the series are going to be dropping on the same day. And that's going to be very interesting. Kind of get like that hook in and try to make people become fans of the series and come keep coming back for more there. 
But with that being said, I think the smart way for us to do this will be to keep to our pre-planned schedule of having each episode uh, that we release of our podcast dedicated to a single episode of the show as we watch it and go from there. Um, Speaking about that, is there anything you would like to say as far as what to expect from our podcast here, Mike? Um, Just kind of breakdowns of different scenes. We're not going to go over every little minute thing. We're not here to, as Dylan had said earlier, to like explain every piece of, you know, every little thing of every (laughs) second of the show. Oh my gosh, this is going to lead into this in book 10. Like, no, that's not going to be us. Uh, We're just here to react, enjoy, share our passion for it. And, um, just try to help explain the universe a little bit to you guys. So speaking about expanding the universe as well, the Wheel of Time series for TV here on Amazon was renewed already for seasons two and three. So they're filming those now, and that has me very excited. It has it tells me that Amazon is going all in on this series, despite having other offerings on the table very excited that this series is going to be given a proper chance to succeed and have its own time to shine which is awesome yeah and like i said earlier i mean there's 15 books so they have so much source material to draw on i'm just hoping that they as long as like you know season one and two go well they continue to renew it at least an additional like two to three seasons out so that way they can give this series the entirety of it bring it to a happy conclusion for fans and I just don't want it to fall apart like some other uh, fantasy TV shows have, you know, ended. And of course, Mike is talking about like the Shannara Chronicles and R.I.P. Yeah, <laughs> other long forgotten properties that were brought to TV and then quickly abandoned. But Wheel of Time is definitely one of those properties where it's going to need its proper time to breathe. And it looks like Amazon is doing the right thing doing the fans the justice that they want and going to be allowing it to do just that. Absolutely. So Dylan, uh, any, anything you're really looking forward to as we continue going forward here? Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking forward to putting this podcast out there, watching the actual series itself and just having fun because that's really what this is all about. And it looks like, the first couple episodes of the show at least are going to be chock full of that. And so that has me so excited. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Oh, so exciting. (laughs) Yes. So excited. Um, so, uh, I guess we'll wrap up here and we'll let you guys know where you can reach us. We would love to, um, interact a little bit, get some questions. That would be a lot of fun. I'd love to answer some questions. Right, so Michael, get back to you with his poor pronunciations, but good knowledge, and that's the important part. Um, so, yeah, terrible pronunciations. <laughs> but uh, we have just activated a Twitter and an Instagram. Both can be found at WOT Rewind. And feel free to reach out to us with any questions, anything you want to correct us on. Or just reach out with your excitement about the show itself. We're very pumped to see this thing come to life. And it's been a long time coming. Ever since that random like 
3 a.m. drop of a pilot that was god-awful. But this has been building and building, and it's finally here. <laughs> that would that would be a fun, like, watch that and have our reaction to it after the series. Um, yeah, we can talk about that another time, maybe. <laughs> all right, well, with all that, we're going to get on out of here with episode one, and we'll see you guys at the next Turning of the Wheel.